0: Hello, this is the In Terms of Faith podcast. My name is Igor Rodriguez, and um, after a long break, I am back. I'm trying to get things settled. And today, um, I want to go ahead and start with the Bible verse that I want to spend more time with. So this comes from Matthew 18, verses 15 to 20 and uh the focus we will be Matthew 18:20 which says for where for where two or three gather in my name there I am with them so this is the passage i want to spend more time with but before we get there let me read from verse 15 through 20 of Matthew 18 so it says if your brother or sister sins go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that, quote, every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the Church. And if they refuse to listen even to the Church, treat them as you would a pagan, or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So this Matthew eighteen twenty. Uh, verse is a very well-known verse used in many uh, Christian meetings, and I remember even back in Brazil in Portuguese uh, hearing that uh, that verse, that passage. Uh, I personally even think that sometimes that passage is used is used to uh, to motivate a small group or to assure of God's presence among that small group maybe they're expecting more people to appear and there's a few uh, showed up but fear not God is with us uh, because he promised in Matthew 18 20 now with all of that said I think uh, unfortunately this um, Bible verse is misapplied or misused for one um, I'd like to go to the Old Testament, Psalm 39, where David says this, Psalm 139, 7 through 10. Uh, David says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So what David is saying here is that God is everywhere. God is, as people like to say, God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. He knows what happens, what is happening everywhere in the world now, when Jesus was with us, uh, God in human flesh, he also left a. Uh, he also said something that we can find in John fourteen seventeen, um, and he's saying this about the Holy Spirit. So listen to G- what Jesus said, John fourteen seventeen. It says, "The Spirit of Truth, or the Holy Spirit." The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For and that's the 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 most important part the, the most important part, the Holy Spirit he lives with you, and will be in you. So all of these verses they show us that God is with us already, uh, whether by his being everywhere, knowing what's happening everywhere in the world, His omnipresence, or by the promise that Jesus Himself made about uh, the Holy Spirit being with us or within us. Uh, same thing, Paul uh, confirms what Jesus said before. Uh, we can read that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are Temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So again, uh, throughout the Bible, we find that God is everywhere. uh, And even the promise that Jesus um, gave to his disciples, and Paul confirmed later, that God, through the Holy Spirit, is within us. So God is already among us, even when we are by ourselves. And in the same uh, book, Matthew, uh, that we read, that, uh, the verse from today, Matthew 6, 6, Jesus himself says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So again, God is with us, whether we are uh, gathering with a thousand, two thousands, uh, two thousand, two, three, and even when we are by ourselves. So all of this brings back uh, us back to the verse that is often mentioned in uh, Christian meetings. Um, whenever two or more are gathered, I am there with them. So what did, um, in, the, in this context, in the context of Matthew 18, uh, for what purpose was the church gathering? Uh, is it for prayer, for worship? When we read the, the verses, even the, the ones that I just read, uh, Matthew 18, from 15 to 20. So what is the purpose of the church getting together, the church gathering? Prayer, worship, is it for fellowship? And the answer, I think, is none of the above. Now, of course, whenever Christians, whenever we meet, we can be assured that God is uh, with them. All the, the Bible verses that I just read from Old Testament as well, Jesus himself and Paul confirms that, even promises that uh, to the individual level as well as a uh, corporate or group level. But in this passage, Jesus is talking about church discipline It's not about it's not talking about prayer meetings or worship now one thing that i want you to notice is uh, whenever we read the bible we always look for context uh who said it who done it uh who said it um, to whom it was said what comes before what comes next what is the book about what is the text about not only that spe- specific uh verse so looking a little uh Further, on that passage that we just read, the parables that appear in the context of this passage, uh, I mean right before and right after Matthew eighteen, fifteen, and 20, are, so before is the, the, the parable of the lost sheep, where a man tries to restore someone, in the case, this case a sheep, who has gone astray. And the parable that comes right after uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen to twenty is the parable of the wicked master, or some Bible says the unforgiving debtor, which deals with being willing to cancel a debt, or in other words, willing to forgive. So even the stories surrounding the passage on church discipline, they themselves are about forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation. And Jesus gives several steps when he discusses this topic. I'm not going to spend much time um, on the on the steps that Jesus um, gave. But briefly, Jesus says that the first step is a private one. You and your brother uh, who has sinned. And some translations even put uh, brother or sister who has sinned against you. But even the, if that against you is not. Are uh, there? Um, our job as Christians is, if a brother sins, or, or sister, we should, um, we should go to them. In other words, sin and conflict should not be ignored. It should not be uh, dismissed. Christians should be committed to maintaining healthy relationships, and we find that also. Uh, In Galatians 6, 1, which reads, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. That's our goal, to restore people, uh, all the Christians that have sinned. So then Jesus says that if your brother does not answer when you go to him, take one or two along with you. And then the last step would be to bring the matter to the entire church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. In other words, treat them as an unbeliever, which he probably or she is. So the goal here is forgiveness, is reconciliation, not punishment. Jesus paid for our punishment already. So the goal here, even from the parables before and after, is forgiveness and reconciliation. This should be an act of grace to reach reach out and restore uh, your brother and sister. Uh, Barger Huff, which I've, I have mentioned several times here, he put it this way. Quote, Jesus is obviously teaching that unrepentant sin is a serious matter among Christians. And the Apostle Paul would later warn the church in Corinth to handle sin matters quickly and expeditiously, Last, quote, a little yeast work through the whole batch of dough. This is 1 Corinthians 5, 6. He continues. In other words, sin that goes unchecked or ignored can be devastating to the witness of the church and can be destructive to relationships within the Christian community. in fact, it may unnecessarily influence others to sin as well. Again, the goal of this entire passage is to win them back or to win them over. As we read in verse 15, if your brother listens to you, you have won them over. Some translation says, says won them back. But now we get to a portion of the passage uh, that says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. What Jesus means uh, in this verse is that whenever the church is involved in a reconciliation process with someone who has refused to repent, they can rest assured that God's blessing is with them in their efforts. In other words, as a church renders judicial decisions on matters of right and wrong that are based on the truth of God's word, They should be confident that they are doing the right thing and that Christ himself is right there with them, spiritually present in their midst. Also, this binding and losing that comes on the verse before refers to the decisions of the church in conflicts. Among believers, there should need to be no uh, court of appeals beyond the church. Ideally, the church's decisions should be God-guided and based on discernment of God's Word, which in this passage, uh, Jesus even gives a step-by-step process to be followed to the best of our abilities with, I think, continuous prayer. Again, when Christians use this verse, Matthew eighteen twenty, 20, they usually mean well. And the truthfulness of saying that God is among them in any christian meeting is correct but not because this verse not because jesus affirms this there's there are many other passages that affirms or assure us that jesus a god holy spirit is with us but not matthew eighteen twenty. and the presence of jesus in the midst of two or three can also be said of someone who seeks god in private as we said in, uh, in the beginning um our omnipresent God is there with them. God is everywhere. And finally, Bargerhoff concludes this way. The bottom line is this. Matthew 18:15 to 20 is really a challenging passage to apply. Dealing with matters of sin can be tough. But for those who seek to be faithful to God in addressing it, they can count on God's unique presence to bless their efforts. So there you have it. Um there's there are many other things we we could say about this passage about the application uh, or about the practice of church discipline. But my this is not my point. My point is to I I guess correct a false use which I think is not as dangerous as others, but it is um still a f- uh, misuse of a bible verse which is Matthew 18:20. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. This is about church discipline and the confidence that the church leaders can have um, when doing church discipline based on um, God's Word. Uh, so, thank you again for listening. And as always, you can contact me through In Terms of Faith at Outlook.com. I look forward to your. Listenings to your comments, to your questions, suggestions, and uh, this is a good exercise for me as I put in, in into my words and organize my thinking, and it's a good exercise that I suggest others to do as well, and as I said before, let's uh, populate the internet with Christian uh, content, so thank you very much, and uh, hope to see you later, bye.